The following podcast deals with controversial subject matter. The theories and opinions we express are not the only possible interpretations, and we invite listeners to make their own judgments based on all of the available information. Please be advised that this podcast also handles mature content and language. We say fuck a lot. We're back. And by we're back, I mean I'm back because I suck and timing is hard. It's been uh, three weeks since we've hosted an episode. If you're a regular listener, you know that. Yep. Um, actually, probably actually four by the time three, four, something like that. Once this I goes up. I think three. I think I can manage it. Okay. All right. Because the okay. sound quality is pretty darn good. I've gotten okay, okay. at the editing thing when okay. the sound is okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Sure. Sure, Jan. <laughs> Stop making that face. No. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> right. So, yeah. We are uh, now recording in our studio in our house. I know. That we live in together. Yeah. With Dane and Gracie. And, yeah. It's cool. It's super exciting. Actually, I am really excited um, about the studio. Yeah. And I can't wait until there are better lights in here, but we'll figure that out. We'll get there. It's fine. We'll get there. It's also fucking cold. Ah, yeah. I feel like it probably is cold. Yes. Um, Yes, it is. Yeah. It's the middle of August. It was almost 100 degrees today. I am wrapped in a blanket and wearing a sweater. Mm, yeah. Uh, the Yeti is coming out. I don't feel that cold, but that's me. My fingers are freezing. Oh, that is almost unpleasant, child. Uh-huh. I shouldn't call you child. You are an adult, but yeah. yes. I do like the blue in here. There's just too much of it. Yeah, and it's a little bit dark for all four walls. Yes. We say on our podcast as though our listeners can, <laughs> all five of our listeners can see the blue we on the walls. more than five, don't we? Well, yeah. I can't, I can't see individual listeners. I just see also number be- of listens oh, yeah. and locations. So True. locations, I can kind of sometimes be like, oh. There are some people there. There's that person in Georgia. That one I'm pretty sure up there is Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But yeah, so. I'm so excited this week, guys. This is going to be a good one. This might end up being a two part episode, depends on how long we take. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But um, uh, I'm excited too. This is a fun one. I The research took long enough that I want it to be a two part episode, but I'm like so excited about it that I might talk too fast and make it a one part episode. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens again. So, our topic this... Oh, I guess, like, I, I need... Jesus Christ, it's been so long <laughs> since we recorded this fucking show that I didn't even do the fucking intro. Wapaloosa climbing up a tall spruce tree 150 feet in the air Eagle flying by says, mercy me How'd you get up there? Yeah! <laughs> wow. All right, Kristen, I'm saying this on air. We are never going this long without posting an episode again. Okay, I'll keep it in the episode. <laughs> yeah. Never again. Well, hey, we can record, like, whenever. Also, I'm so excited. Yes, but also. Schedules, but... Yeah. But anyway, welcome to the We Have a Fucking Theory podcast. <laughs> 
show about cryptids, conspiracies, critters, curiosities, creatures, and folklore. I'm Allie. I'm Kristen. And we're here. We're, we're somehow here. here. We're actually here. We're moved in. I have not finished moving my stuff into the bathroom, but it's fine because I have what I need. <laughs> I still need to finish unpacking some of my books, but they're just books. There are literally I'm... boxes in the corner. Oh, hey, that's yeah. my box. <laughs> Come on. There was a thing I wanted to grab. Speaking of books. Oh, okay. Recording, I'll be back. Okay, hold on. Let me. All right. Yeah. I had to leave for a second. I had to go get a thing because I forgot it. But it's fine to forget things now because my room is literally right above our heads. Yep. Which is actually... Instead of an hour away. Yeah. (laughs) More than. Okay. Can I introduce the topic this week? I'm so excited, guys. So we're doing... It started out as, like, logging camp critters, but then we realized a lot of logging camp critters are basically just the album... Fearsome Critters by Sean McBrady and the Slight Exaggeration. So we were like, why don't we just go through the album and talk about the animals in the songs? Yeah. Because the songs are good. Yeah. So basically this episode is dedicated to Sean and Slight Exaggerations for letting us use Wapalusi every week and for our show. For these fun, great songs They're in wonderful. <laughs> Seriously, please go listen to this. They're so delightful. Yeah. Um, I have their band camp link so you can listen to it all online yeah. without paying for it, but I do recommend buying it because it's yeah. so much it's just, fun. It's so wonderful. And then I can listen to it in my car, which I actually have done a lot. I was listening to it at work. I was listening to it at work too, except I had to stop because I wanted to sing Taylor Poe out loud. <laughs> Taylor Poe. Okay. Sorry. I just, it's such a good album, guys. <laughs> but yeah, so this is our thank you episode episodes. Yeah. For Sean. Yeah. Yeah. So, thanks. Thank you. Right, so, let's dive in. Let's do the thing. We're going to start from the front. Well, I was going to give a little background, and then critters. Oh, yeah, please. That stuff. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, what we're talking, where we're talking about is general, like, north-ish, North America. Yeah. Basically, like. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Canada, northern Michigan, New England, Pacific Northwest, like north. North, yeah. Generally north. Yeah. Um, And basically a lot of this, a lot of it is logging camp uh, critters. Uh, And they're basically stories that were told in logging camps in the 19th and early 20th centuries uh, by lumberjacks to one another. They were like, some of them were campfire tales to pass the time. Uh, Some of them were hazing rituals. Like, (laughs) let's even get the new guy to believe in this fucking hide behind. (laughs) Or the tea kettler or whatever. Um, The tea kettler. Yeah. Um, But... They're kind of, they tend to be lighter fare, a lot of comical elements, mm-hmm. um, and they were just kind of spread yeah. by lumberjacks going to different logging camps, because they all led pretty mobile lifestyles, yes. going from one camp to another. Uh, and because of that, there's also some discrepancies due to, the, due to it spreading person to person, and it just goes back to the fact that yeah. folklore is like an STI. And <laughs> it, it goes one person to the next often orally transmitted. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> How have I not heard this before? I don't know, but now you have. Yes, I have. Thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah. 
Um, and while most of the stories were typically kind of the lighter stuff and used as jokes or stuff like that, like some were actually used as explanations for forest phenomena that there was no other explanation for. Yeah. Same way that folklore works, generally speaking. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, there will be some discrepancies in my understanding of some of these critters compared to what, like, maybe listeners yeah. have or what even you have, because there's different versions of all these different stories. To be honest, that's my favorite part of yeah. all of our shows is when it's like, oh, I read something totally different. So I'm really excited for this episode because we're going to get to have that kind of discussion. Yeah. So... We're starting with the Wapalusi. Which I think you guys might have heard before. Let's get up there. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. But uh, yeah, this is probably the one that you folks have heard because it's our theme song. <laughs> yeah, so the Wapalusi or Geometrogratus ciliotractus. Cilio Please tell me you have all of the scientific names because I have most a lot of, of them. them. Yes. I have most of them. I'm so excited. Uh, is a creature the size of a sausage dog uh, with woodpecker feet and soft fur. Yeah. Um, it's got a long tail with a spike on the end mm-hmm. that it uses to like just jam into trees and climb really, really well. Yeah. Uh, it's vaguely squirrel-like in movement or caterpillar-like. <laughs> I have seen both. That's amazing. Like, it's got, like, the agility of a squirrel, but it kind of does the inchwormy thing, like a caterpillar. Amazing. Moves one of those ways. Who's to say? Who knows? Who's to it's say? Just, it's, There's no way to know. There's no way to know. Um, but one of the pictures I saw of it was just so... It was like a picture of a Wapalusi looking in the water at itself, and it looked so sad and so cute. That's the one that comes up pretty easily, because I think it's the picture for the cryptid wiki. Yeah, it was really cute. I want to snuggle it. Um... They only eat mushrooms and fungus that grow up in the in the high tops of trees, so that's why they're so good at climbing. Yes. Uh, so they can get dinner. Um, and apparently, if you make gloves out of Wapalusi skin, mm-hmm. they will automatically climb to the top of whatever it is you're holding. Yes. You have no control. The Wapalusi will climb, damn it, <laughs> dead or alive. Um, and there are tales of Wapalusi wild Wapalusi gloves still roaming the trees. Yes. Wapalusi don't give a shit. Wapalusi got shit to do. Wapalusi gotta find don't some got, mushrooms, Don't bitch. got time for this being dead bullshit. Yeah. Wapalusi gonna Wapaloose. <laughs> gonna Wapaloose. Oh my gosh. Could you say that scientific name again for me? Uh, Geometrogratus ciliotractus, I think. Interesting. I don't know what all of that is. I don't know. But Geometrogratus, I think, is I was like, like, yeah, I think it's like climbing. I was thinking, yeah, it's like goes up is my guess. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Goes up, but um... And I think Ciliotractus might have something to do with like the inchwormy. Oh, retract that's a really good thought. I don't know. I'm Maybe. guessing. Let's find out. I'm um, guessing wildly. So you know what else sometimes climbs like caterpillars like that is weasels. Mm. Yeah. 
which Cute. can be rather large. Cute. Um, definitely will bite the like, shit out of you if you threaten them. Like sausage dog-sized weasels? That's a pretty big weasel, but it's not impossible. Nice. <laughs> In some parts of uh, Canada, you will find some pretty massive weasel nice. family creatures. Nice. They're crazy. Uh, yeah, because like wolverines are yes. also technically part of the weasel family. I love it. Um, so the Wapaloosie's little feet, I do want to talk about when we say woodpecker feet, what we mean is that they have two toes forwards and two toes backwards that help them grip on things. No, I just was picturing like little bird feet. Yeah, they are. They so like I standard bird feet. I, yeah, I've seen some people saying that their feet are also furry, but then some other sources literally just say woodpecker feet, which implies that they're just little birdie feet. So, like, who really knows? Not me. If, if it is a real animal, it is 100% part of the weasel family. So I'm going to say that they're fur-covered and just have toes like woodpecker feet, but are not, like, bird feet. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say most weasels... In fact, it might be all weasels are omnivorous or carnivorous. Mm-hmm. That's so I don't right. know if they only eat mushrooms. The Wapaloosie does. But the Wapaloosie does. Um, also, Allie and I thought of something, which is a pet rating. Yes. And uh, my pet rating for the Wapaloosie is four out of five. I also gave it a solid, strong four out of five stars. Nice. Like, it's adorable and cuddly, yep. but it wants to be free. But if it, like, wants to stay with you, then, like, yeah. let it stay with you. It's cute. It's not going to kill you. Yeah. But it is also not going to stay put. No. Like, at all. It's you a, cannot cage that thing. No, it's a wild critter. It's gonna do what it's gonna do. Wapaloosie got a wapaloose. Wapaloosie got a wapaloose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so solid four out of five. Solid four out of five. Would pet if let me. Absolutely. Especially the one of like if it's if it's like the picture that I saw that was Where it's kind so of cute and, and sad and, and yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Would would snuggle. Mm. Alright. Is that all you have for the Wapaloosie? That is all I have for the Wapaloosie. Alright, we are moving on to the Shagamaw. Yeah, the Tote Road Shagamaw. Yeah, which if you just Google Shagamaw, you're going to get a lot about like mountain or dirt bikes. Yes. Uh, so. <laughs> Discoveries. You should put critter after yeah. Shagamaw. Critter helps a lot. Uh, but yeah, Shagamaw, Bipedester delusissimus. Bipedal. Two, it walks, I mean. Two-legged walker, but. But ki- kind of. Yeah. Switchy. Switchy. Switchy biped. Switchy biped. <laughs> uh, so that's a horse-sized critter with bear paws in the front and moose bits in the back. Moose bits. I mean, yeah. Yep. And sometimes it walks on its bare feet and sometimes it walks on its moose feet. Mm-hmm. And it uh, takes 440 steps on the front feet, on the front feet, and then 440 steps on the back feet, because it can't count any higher than that, so it just switches. I love that detail. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, the fact that it's got two different sets of tracks makes it difficult to track it, mm-hmm. and which was frustrating for many loggers. And apparently will cause fights to break out between groups that are tracking it. Yes. Um, 
they are hungry critters, and they have interesting tastes. They like cloth a lot. Mm -hmm. They like eating cloth, especially cotton. So uh, keep an eye on your laundry as it's out on the line, because a a shagama might come eat it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, And something I read is they might have become bipedal in order to mimic humans. Oh, really? But because of the issue with, like, counting their steps, that's why they switch off between their so they, feet they and have a and little bit of OCD they feet. gotta count their steps maybe I don't know It. I don't know huh we'll find out yeah sooner or later <laughs> if you have asked a shagamaw let us know if you are a shagamaw's therapist and are can tell us without breaking your confidentiality yes please, please don't please uh, reach out to us violate their trust but we would like to know yes thank you if you yourself are a shagamaw. Yes, and you're willing to share your journey. Please. Please reach out to us. With whichever pair of feet is better for typing. <laughs> I feel like the bare feet. Except they're so big. But those so feet big. are also big. Yeah. Really and they're not as... At least, like, bare feet are articulated. Articulated, thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was just sitting here making weird motions. Just kind of pawing at the air vaguely. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave it a, a pet rating of a, about a 2.5 out of 5. Well, I gave it a 2 out of 5. Yeah. So, um, you actually didn't say anything that I didn't really have known oh, okay. about it, but um, I did want to share that my first line was, half bear, half moose, all hairy. <laughs> <laughs> all um, right, yeah. So, uh... There is one uh, biologist out there who's maybe a little too realistic for our tastes and thinks that they're probably just juvenile moose goofing off and running through laundry lines. But um, I'm much more happy to believe that the shagamaw is actually half bear, half moose. Mm-hmm. Um, so a boose, a boose, a boose, a boose. I, I did give it a two out of five. Um, it probably won't kill you. Uh-huh. It really needs a lot of roaming space, though. Yeah, it's and very it large. Probably eat your favorite T-shirts. So like, yeah, not a great indoor pet. Yeah, no. And uh, the counting thing is a little interesting because it brings up questions of intelligence. Mm-hmm. And there is a line for intelligence that you don't really want to like say that that's your pet. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. Cool. So that's all you got? That's all I've got. Cool. Then, uh, the boost. The boost. The boost. It's a shagamaw. The tote road shagamaw. Shagma. Shagma. It's, it's a fun word to say. Fuck it is off. a really fun word to say. Papa Lucy is too. Yes. Most of these are actually really fun to say. Correct. Um, right. Next is Splinter Cat. Uh, Splinter Cat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Felix Arbordificus. Dificus. <laughs> that is Cat Tree Destroyer. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. Uh, so it is a nocturnal airborne feline. <laughs> airborne. <laughs> it is. It, no, it is. I just love that so much. That eats raccoons and honey on dark and stormy nights. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, like, clear nights it's not hungry or what. Who knows? But, like, it, it gets the, the rumblies when it's dark and stormy. 
Oh, I do have an explanation for that. Oh, okay. We'll get there. Yes, we will. Um, but yeah, it also has that very specific diet of raccoons and honey. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a very hard head, much like our resident Finch. <laughs> <laughs> Finch is an Aussie. He is a he is a good boy. He has a very hard head, and I've gotten a number of bruises on my legs from he, him just running into my legs. Every once in a while, you get a head to the kneecap, and I'm just a little too tall for it. But every, he did get me one time when I was getting ready to crouch down and literally just knocked me over because it hurt so much. I was like, "Welp." Yep. <laughs> but yeah, uh, splinter cats have very hard heads and frequently run into trees at high speeds while they are zooming. <laughs> zooming. Uh, when it does that, it knocks all the branches off, mm-hmm. and the trunk withers and dies. Oh. Yes. I heard a slightly different story. Oh. Please there continue. we go. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> that's basically it. Like, I mean, I have a little bit more, but that's basically what it does. Yeah. That's, it just flies around fucking up trees. Yeah. Basically. Um, the splinter cat also appears in Queen Julie Andrews' book, The Last of the Really Great Wangdoodles. I did not know that. Yes. Uh, he likes Cat's Cradle and works for the Prime Minister of Wangdoodle Land. Oh. Yes. Good to know. Yeah. That's most of what I've got. Okay. Because Queen Julie. Yes. Okay. <laughs> So, Splinter Cat, um, so the reason that they hunt on dark and stormy nights is because it disguises the sound of the trees being oh, broken. Oh, that's true. They would be very noisy. Yeah. Yes. Very noisy Which, hunters. um, they do, so generally speaking, if you find just, like, one or two trees broken and they're older hollow trees, it's because they broke them to get at the raccoons living inside of them. Oh, okay. And eat them. But sometimes they miscalculate and they take on a fully grown tree. And even though the tree breaks, it gives them a little bit of a, you know, dizzy feeling. And they just go around and they bump their noggins against literally any tree in the vicinity, causing major destruction. Splitter cat tantrum. Splitter cat tantrum. Um, So... Uh, it also, you have to think about with a, if there was a big enough storm, it would definitely also have an explanation for the fact that there are trees that have fallen over. Mm-hmm. So it really disguises them in general. Okay. Um, they're, they supposedly look a lot like a lynx or a bobcat, mm-hmm. but with kind of an armored skull that's a little bit thicker, and it's hard to tell unless you're really close to them, which, if you've ever seen a lynx or a bobcat in the wild, you probably haven't seen it very close up. I would hope not, for your sake. Yes. You should stay away. Maybe have seen a splinter cat. Woohoo! Woo! Splinter cat! Splinter cat! Yeah, so, I mean, it's possible that splinter cats are really just very clumsy links running into trees. <laughs> but it feels unlikely. But why does... Why don't the links fly? The links was already ready. They have, they have floofy toe beans. Why can't they fly, too? I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Have you ever I'm seen just... a lynx's foot, though? They're amazing. It's so fluffy. And the, the beans. The toe beans. I did give the splinter cat a three out of five. Oh, I gave it a two out of five. It probably won't eat you, but that skull cannot be contained, and they will probably drop a tree on your house when it rains. Yeah. What was your... Two out of five. Um, 
it feels like keeping a lynx as a pet, but dangerous. But worse because yeah. it can fly. Yeah. I didn't actually see anywhere that it can fly. I just saw that it jumps really hard. Maybe it's I I saw that it was an airborne. Either way, cat very dangerous. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> bring it home. It is not not a thing that you want to fuck with. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. Hide your honey. Hide your honey. And your raccoons? My great uncle had a pet raccoon. That doesn't surprise me somehow. I love that, though. He's a very cute raccoon. He liked Cheez-Its. <laughs> he did. Of course he did. I just love that image so he, much. Like, he would just, like, hold out his little raccoon hands for the Cheez-Its. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, true fearsome critter. Tr- truly. All right. Are we ready? Hold on. I want to check something real fast. Oh, we're checking something real fast. Doing research. Just want to double check myself and make sure I am... Right. Next up, we have the hide behind. I could not find the Latin for this one. I'm guessing I whatever the Latin it. is for hides behind. Um, yeah, yes, most likely. Probably something like that. Uh, but no one has ever seen a hide behind, so we don't know what it actually looks like. Well, they've seen it, just not also able to tell us about it. Yeah. Well, and that there's still the question there of whether they saw it. You know, you're right. Yeah. There is still but a question. Basically, there. the hide behind is just described as a large, powerful, nocturnal animal. But again, no one has ever seen it because when someone looks at it, it can hide behind a tree and conceal itself completely. Regardless of the size of the tree, regardless of how quickly you look at it, the hide behind is faster and will make itself smaller. You will not see it. Yes. It can also, horrifyingly, hide behind the person looking for it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because... Uh, I do hate that. Uh, it specifically preys on humans who wander into the woods at night uh, and uses its abilities to attack and kill people without warning from behind and drag them back to their lair and eat the intestines. Yes. So, hide behinds our rogues. Add your sneak attack damage, 46. <laughs> yes. 46. Um... Well, I mean, depending on the level of the hide behind, but I'm guessing 46 is enough to just kind of take down your uh, your normal lumberjack. Generally, I'd think so. They're like a peasant with a couple extra hit points, right? Mm, probably. Yeah. And an axe. Yeah, but you can't use it if you can't even see your enemy. I mean, y- you can. Well, yeah, but then you're just flailing an axe uh-huh. around, which is... Uh-huh. Not recommended. <laughs> Not recommended, but you know, sometimes it works. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Your your part. Okay. So the hide behind actually has an aversion to alcohol, according to most lumberjack stories. So if you're gonna go into the woods at night, go in drunk. Yup. Apparently it's fairly sensitive, so just a tipple of whiskey will do. But uh, nah. Have you fun. could also just have get some fun. real fucking sloshed. <laughs> We're going high behind hunting. I'm back in my high behind today. 
Anyways, um, so the, the hide behind is a teetotaler. Yes. So the idea of the hide behind is that it actually doesn't necessarily get smaller, but it sucks its stomach in so hard that it can fit behind any tree and its joints like move in such a way that it can fit behind any like branch configuration. I hate it. It's a real disgusting thought process. I hate it. If you Google it, just look at the really cute one that looks like a giant dog on its back feet. Cute. Because <laughs> that one's kind of cute and not nearly as creepy as what I just described. Um, so we have talked before about the feeling of unease that a lot of people get in the woods because it's difficult to navigate. And, mm-hmm. You know, especially as it's starting to get dark, everything really starts to look exactly the same and mm-hmm. it's not easy. A lot of people feel watched in the woods. Yeah. And you can't tell where every snapping twig is coming from or what made it. And Exactly. Because there are clearly things out there. But you can't see them. You can't see them. You don't know what they are. And you never know if it's literally just like, oh, that twig fell out of the tree because it was gonna fall out of the tree and now it hit the ground. Or if there's a fucking hide behind waiting to kill you and eat your intestines. Um, Loggers also did go missing with no explanation. Yeah. Sometimes they just like went missing. Mm-hmm. And you would even, like, sometimes find their axe, like, out in the woods and one of their boots. Yeah. And nothing else. Usually it was chalked up to, like, a bear or something. But, you know, hide behind. Mm-hmm. Um, also, zero out of five on the pet rating. Oh, I gave it a one out of five. Um, you can never pet it. And it wants to eat your intestines. Yeah. That's a zero to me. I didn't think about... I, I scaled it as one to five instead of oh. zero to five, so I that I was same, basically. Yeah, okay. But That's no, fair. I just, think I did say one to five. You did say one to five. I apologize. It's okay, because I cheated later. <laughs> okay, good to know. But yeah, so pet rating, one out of five. Do not recommend. Do not pet. Please keep your arms and legs away from the hide behind. Just drink a little bit. It's... Fine. Just, you know, have a glass of wine, take a little, take a shot, have some tequila. Next time you are anywhere in that part of the world, just, which is north. It's basically why Wisconsin is the hardest drinking state in the <laughs> Union. Because they're all worried about hide behinds. I am not getting eaten by a hide behind, and that's why there is Pabst Blue Ribbon. That is why God made Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> Oh my god, I should not be allowed to talk. Hi, Grandma. Does your <laughs> grandma mother. listen? No, and she's think not so. going to. But hello, Mother. I know that you don't like PBR, so it's fine, Most, right? This, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's PBR. A lot. It's, it's I have opinions on it. Yeah. That are generally not pleasant, because it tastes like a skunk died in the fermentation tank. Kind of does. Speaking of Wisconsin, though, our next monster, critter, creature. The Hodag. The Hodag. Bovine Spiritualis. Bovine Spiritualis. Spirit cow? That's what I found. That's what I found. (laughs) Where did you find that? I don't fucking remember. That was the only one I could find for for Hodag. So, yeah. Bovine Spiritualis. Uh, it was described in eighteen in an 1893 newspaper article as having the head of a frog, grinning face of a giant elephant, 
thick short legs set off by huge claws, back of a dinosaur, and a long tail with spears at the end. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a long, low, scaly motherfucker. Yeah. Did you see anything about its relative size? Nah, I mean, I a lot of things I saw were like it was really big, and then there was the like the the photo quote unquote that didn't look very big. So I don't fucking know. Um, so from what I understand. So the reason that we're talking about this being Wisconsin is it's become, like, the unofficial mascot and actually somewhat official mascot of the town of Rhinelander in Wisconsin. Um, Where I have been. Oh. Um, Did you see the Hodag statue? I did see the Hodag statue. Uh, I wanted to sit on it. That is frowned upon. I want to sit on the Hodag, though! I know. Also, it is rather spiky. So, like, we might be too big now. I was, like, eight then. But anyway, manage it. We'll figure it out. The idea behind this being... Um, so, from every account that I've seen with Rhinelander, which uh, has a fairly close tie to the Hodag, as we'll find out later, besides just deciding it was its mascot, um, it's actually not massive. It's about, well... This won't help our listeners that much. Winter-sized. So, winter, large is, winter is a small Great Dane. Yeah, large dog. She is, like, just below hip height on me and, like, 120 pounds. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it does weigh a lot. Well, yeah, but, but yeah. she's she's a Great Dane. She's got some spindly little legs. She's spindly. But, yeah, so I don't think that it's actually nearly as large as a lot of counts seem to okay. make it out to be. All right, got it. But yeah, so that report in 1893 was filed by Eugene Shepard, uh, who gathered up some town folks to help him kill it with dynamite. <laughs> Eugene was also a noted prankster. Dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> he is a noted prankster. Um, and apparently after that, uh, the uh, hodags started to become scarce in that area because they had eaten up their whole their main food source, which was exclusively white bulldogs. Yes. Run, Petunia Mulaney, run. <laughs> Seriously. Run. As fast as your little legs can carry you and your little Paul Giamatti lungs can take you. <laughs> she has a stroller now though, so it's okay. <laughs> run faster, John. John John and Anna can push it can push her in her little stroller. <laughs> uh. They may have gone completely extinct. Except they didn't. In 1896, Eugene Shepard captured a live hodag. Oh, yeah. Charged people to come see it. Thousands of people came to see it. And when it would move, people would just freak out and run away. Yes. Holy shit. Holy shit. It's a hodag. Yep. Sept. This is not a hodag. Yeah, somebody uh, at the Smithsonian caught wind, I believe. Yeah, the Smith- there were scientists from the Smithsonian who were like, we're going to come see this thing. And he was like, fuck. <laughs> I am found out. Yeah. Shit. I've been bad. So, Sorry, I don't know why that was the voice I chose. I gotta, gotta pack it in, boys. They got me. I've been had. <laughs> Smithsonian's coming to call. I gotta move on. Oh my god, yes. Yes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that ended in 1896 when Smithsonian was like, hey, we're gonna come and check this out. And Eugene was like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Do. 
Thank you, no. Uh, but now there's a Hodag Country Festival in Rhinelander every year. Yeah, that's um, a, it's a music festival. I figured, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Hodag. Hodag. Um, so, a couple of fun facts. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the way that he supposedly captured... Mm-hmm. The living hodag was he took a bunch of bear wrestlers. Yes. Which is apparently a real fucking uh, job at one point, it, occupation. Yeah. Love that. Um, How do I become a bear wrestler? Right? I want to do that job. I don't want to wrestle with them, I just want to cuddle them. Yes. I just want to snuggle the bears. Cuddle the bears. Dubber. Dubbers. Um, and uh, stuffed a bunch of chloroform yeah. in its cave until it passed out. And then picked it up and put it in a cage. Um, so the, the fake hodag. Now the hodag been had. <laughs> the fake hodag had uh, wires attached to it yes. that he would occasionally just like shift it around a little bit when he saw really nervous visitors and then they'd just like run away screaming. Um, but yeah, Rhinelander, um, despite its apparent fakeness, has really embraced it. Their high school mascot is the hodag. Listen, um, when nothing else has happened in a hundred years plus in your town, you stick with what you got. Yeah, it's definitely better than, hi, mom. My mother's Elkhart Lake Glenpula. <laughs> they were the resorters. Yeah. All right. On the bright side, their actual drawn mascot was um, a large buck deer. All right. But yeah, <laughs> the resorters. So the hodags kind of seem all right now. <laughs> um, there are a lot of... There's the large statue outside of the Welcome Center slash Town Hall, Mm -hmm. and uh, they have a couple of depictions in their ice rink, because apparently you can either hunt hodags or play hockey in Rhinelander. All right. Maybe drink a little bit of beer to keep the hide behind away. (laughs) I gave it a one out of five on my zero to five scale. Oh. Because it's difficult to feed and contain, but I like their little tusky faces, and uh, you might be helping prevent extinction? Yeah. Well, see, I gave it a three out of five. Oh. It's like, it's not particularly dangerous unless you have a white bulldog, or your neighbors do. Huh? Yeah. And I also like their little tusky faces. They kind of look like they're just, like, awkwardly grinning all yeah. the time. And I, yeah, and they're, like, a little dinosaur-ish. And they I are like it. dinosaur-ish. Um, and I like it. Also conservation, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty cute. Yeah, I like like them. ugly cute. Yeah, I, I'll upgrade to it. Like a lot of bulldogs, just kind of ugly cute. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Speaking of, so you're uh, upgrading. Yeah, I'm upgrading. I think right. I'll go to a two. Two. All right. Cool. You, cool. you convinced me. Hey. They're not that dangerous. Nice. Speaking of uh, ugly though, <laughs> Aww. I know. Next is the Squonk. Which also has one of their really fun names to say. I know. Squonk. It is Squonk. The Squonk. So, the Squonk is... Uh, oh, sorry. Lacrimacorpus dissolvens, which we'll get to. Uh, so, this one is actually specifically a Pennsylvania critter. Yes. Um, also, if you Google Squonk, there's a whole bunch about vaping. 
Yeah, what is I that? I don't know. That? I don't. Because I um, also did that and got a bunch about vaping and was like, what? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't vape, so I don't know. I'm, I'm old. <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, this is not a squonk. This is a vape. This <laughs> is a vape. But if you go to the cryptid wiki at first and then yes. get in squonk, you will find what you want. Yes. Or you could look it up in the Book of Imaginary Beings by Jorge Luis Borges. <gasps> oh, that's what you were getting. Yes. Uh, so the squonk has its own entry in the this imaginary bestiary, mm-hmm. which is really cool. I was thinking about reading some from it, but this is not public domain, so I'm not going to. Ah, okay. Yeah. But... Apparently, some editions also have the hide behind in it. Ooh. I do not have that one, but still very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the squonk has its own entry in in Jorge Luis Borges's book of imaginary beings, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but the squonk, the poor sweet squonk. The poor sweet squonk. It is generally just described as being vaguely shapeless with ill-fitting skin covered in warts and blemishes. And it spends most of its time crying because it's ashamed of how it looks. It's very sad. I just feel so bad for it. And if you try to capture it, it will literally dissolve itself into a puddle of tears and bubbles. Which is the name Lacrimocorpus Dissolvens, which means... Crying body dissolve. Literally, like, that's... Tears body dissolve, yeah. Yeah. I just, this is squonk, I just, just, I feel so bad for the squonk. Yeah, they're pretty darn cute, weird. Yeah. So, um, I will say Sean McBurney and the Slight Exaggerations have my favorite piece of squonk media because it's actually a little bit about encouraging your squonk and making it feel good about itself. I know, I know. So, um... Yeah. So, you know, love your local squonk. Love your local squonk. Remind it that it has worth. I gave it a solid, solid 4.5 out of 5, because I just want it to know that it's loved. Um, I gave it a 3 out of 5, because it seems sweet, but a pet that's prone to dissolving does not seem ideal. No, it doesn't, but I just want it to know that it's loved. Um, also, it may or may not be some sort of small rodent with mange, because that can make skin seem ill-fitting. Well, that, that rodent deserves to know that it's loved, too. It does deserve to know that it's loved. Well... All beings do. Mm-hmm. Love, out of five. <laughs> love your local squonk. Love your local squonk. Can we get t-shirts? Uh, I am super into getting a t-shirt that says, says love your local, local squonk. squonk. <laughs> He's going to raise some amazing questions. <laughs> what? What is a squonk? Let me tell you. Let me tell you about the most precious creature. The most precious creature. Ask before you hug it it might think you're trying to catch it. <laughs> uh, this was part one. There's going to be a part two next week uh, with some more fearsome critters, mm-hmm. loving camp critters. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So first of all, as always, huge thank you to Sean McBurney and the Slight Exaggerations for the use of their song Wapalusi off of their album Fearsome Critters. Especially uh, now that you know what the fuck that is. You do know what the fuck that is. And you can know what the fuck the other ones are after you listen to the rest of his album in the week in between the two episodes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Please. Also, thank you to Dane, uh, both as our executive producer, whether he wants that title or not. He's the one who said that we needed to attribute him to that. So, well, he didn't teach me how to edit, so he wins that title no matter what. Um, It was a joke, but we stopped taking it as a joke. Yeah, it's the truth. (laughs) Um, And for the use of his studio and equipment. And thank you to you guys for listening. Yeah. Um, If you have an idea or a request for an episode topic, you can email Email it to us at we have a theory podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at we underscore theory underscore pod uh, and on Instagram at we have a theory podcast. Uh, also, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it helps people find the show and tell a friend because, as I've said, ad nauseum, the best way for us to build our base is through reviews and through word of mouth. Word so of please, mouth. please, please, please. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See you next week.